Uh, what a fantastic time of worship this morning we've had. Uh, and it was pretty fantastic because even Siri agreed, for the Apple Watch users here, uh, when we were singing that song, uh, then sealed the, the morning, sealed the promise, your, bed, your very body began to breathe, Siri decided to launch the Breathe app on my <laughs> watch just as we said the word breathe. So I thought even Siri thinks we're having a great time of worship. Uh, anyway, so I thought I'd like to share that with you. Um, right, so my name's Phil. I'm part of the staff team here. And as John says, I've got this privilege of kicking off uh, this three-week series that we've called Hope. And over these next three weeks, I think we're being very brave to tackle some pretty difficult subjects. Subjects that during the pandemic, one sense since the pandemic, have become very frequent in our conversation and certainly very prevalent in our society. And over these next three weeks, as John says, we're, we're, we're going to uncover a number of things. We're, we're just starting conversations in many areas, but we're hoping by the Spirit of God we can breathe life and hope uh, into your heart, wherever you are on the journey of these, uh, the subjects we're going to cover. And in Jesus Christ, you can buy, you can br- we can bring some healing and some light to you. And over these next three weeks, uh, I'm talking today about mental illness. Uh, next week, Sarah is going to talk about depression. And then John, in two weeks' time, to close out this little mini-series of three, John's going to talk about addiction. So you might be thinking straight away, you know, why talk about these things? So why does the church want to talk about these subjects? Shouldn't we be leaving this to the experts, the medical profession, the the doctors, the nurses, the uh, therapists, the counsellors? Or perhaps you're thinking, well, really the church doesn't have anything to say, does it? Does it, is it something that the church has got any uh, contribution on the debate? Well, understandably, I'm going to argue, yes, we should be talking about it. And it's right that we should talk about it. And the clue for why it's right is in that title of the series, Hope. We believe in Jesus Christ who brings hope to a broken and dark world. And that word hope for the Christian is not wishful thinking. It's not perhaps as we would normally interpret the word hope. It's not we hope one day things are going to get sorted out, but it's a confident expectation that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And in that plan, he's going to bring out about his purposes and plans for us and in this world. That's our hope in Jesus Christ. So let's talk about mental health or mental illness, depending on how you want to view it this morning. So do we have an issue? Uh, Is there a problem at all? You've heard the catchphrase, we're in a mental health crisis. You've heard that on the news, I'm sure. Uh, So do we really have an issue? Is it just media hype? Well, NHS England would probably say that there is an issue. In a recent statistic I read, uh, they were saying that during the pandemic, it was reported that one in three adults reported a decline in their mental health. That's since March 2020, when to the first lockdown. And of course, you'll be aware that this has been a particularly difficult period for our young people as well. It's particularly mental health has particularly declined in our young people. Again, NHS uh, England survey said 9 in 10 young people have said that loneliness made their mental health worse during the pandemic. 
But it would be unfair to just blame the pandemic for it. If you go back a little bit further, mental health has been in decline in this nation for a number of years. Going back to 2017, NHS did a survey between 2017 and 2021, again focusing on our youngsters, and reported that 39% of 6 to 16-year-olds in that four-year period reported a deterioration of their mental health, and rather more alarmingly... 53% amongst 17 to 23-year-olds. Now, these are NHS England statistics. On the right is a survey done uh, amongst American students, and rather sadly, it reported that during the pandemic, 20% of American students had seriously considered suicide, and 9% had even attempted to do so. And it's not just a problem for the ordinary people, the likes of you and me, but The rich and famous have also perhaps taken the opportunity, in one sense, a positive opportunity in the pandemic, to speak out about their mental health. Uh, Ken, if you're a fan of keeping up with the Kardashians, Kendall Jenner said, I have such debilitating anxiety because everything going on that I literally wake up in the middle of the night with full-on panic attacks. And here's the other thing. There is still a hidden issue out there. According to a survey just completed by the charity Mind, they reported that what they they estimate are one million adults who saw a decline in their mental health during the pandemic have yet to talk to anybody about it. I thought was particularly sad. So we need to talk about it. We should talk about it. It's right that we talk about it. We, talk, we should talk about it with each other and we should talk about it in this place. And let me start by saying this. I think we should apologise to the church that we haven't talked about it. Not just this church, every church. I don't think I've ever been to a church where anybody's done a message or a sermon about mental health. And perhaps even worse than that, that well-meaning Christian leaders and even lay people have approached mental health in a very crass and naive way. We've gone in there and, and said things or done things that we shouldn't have done, that have not been helpful or even godly. And if you've been on the receiving end of that, if you've been in a church situation and someone has uh, underplayed or undermined or even diminished your position or where you've been in your mental health and that's been a hurt and pain for you, I apologize for that. The church hasn't been very good at this. But I think the church needs to talk about it, and we need to be talking about it as Christians, as men and women of faith. Not least because we have that, back to that title, hope. We can bring something of God's truth and peace and love to a broken and dying world. And I think one, thing, one reason why the church should speak up about it is because this world, in many cases, is looking for a solution to the problem of mental health, looking for the answer in all the wrong places. And we believe ultimately it's only in Jesus Christ that we are healed, that we are set free, that we are ransomed, that we are delivered. And that's the truth of God's word. That's the truth of his glorious love for us. And I don't know where you are on your mental health journey, particularly around the pandemic. 
Maybe you sailed through. Maybe you were fine with lockdown and everything else and that loneliness. And maybe that was just great. You know, it was fine. But for others, I'm sure that's not true. And you're still carrying some of the pain and heartbreak of those dark days. Well, there is hope for you today. And just as we were praying this morning, I felt the Lord just saying to me, just something I hadn't necessarily prepared, is that wherever you are on this journey, I felt God saying to you, there is more to life than this. There is more to life than where you're currently at. This is not God's plan for you, if you're struggling with your mental health. This is not God's plan for you. And in his glorious love that we've been singing about this morning, he wants to bring hope and release and healing to your life today. And I believe that in Jesus Christ. So we're going to try and help by looking at God's Word this morning. God's Word speaks a lot about how we protect our mental health or how we prevent ourselves falling into a difficult area, perhaps into a darker area. And I just want to flag up a couple of scriptures this morning that I'm hoping will be of blessing and hope and help to you on your your journey this morning. So if you've got a Bible in front of you, Have a look at Philippians chapter 4 with me, a famous passage that talks about how we protect our minds and hearts. And look, and if you're new to church and uh, you're not very familiar with the Bible, then uh, all the verses I'm going to quote from are going to come up on the big screen here, so just track along with me on that. Uh, But have a look in the row in front of you, and you might find there appears to be some spare Bibles, and that's because they are spare. We've encouraged our church family to bring them along, and uh, if generally you don't have a Bible of your own and you want to pick one of those up and take them home, then take it home with our blessing. We love to bless you with that and, and allow you to, uh, to use that. But say so all the uh, verses are going to come up on the screen. So the first thing I think that we um, can do to improve our mental health, that God's Word says, is number one, stop worrying. <laughs> stop worrying. Don't worry. Who remembers Bobby McFerrin from the 1980s? Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Be happy. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> if only it were that simple, mate. <laughs> Dear old Bobby McFerrin, that's what Dr. Bobby says. Don't worry. Be happy. If it was easy as that, we'd all do it in a heartbeat, wouldn't we? Let's be honest. But God's word says, don't worry. In fact, it says, don't worry quite a lot, actually. Probably because I think God's thinking, they're going to worry, so I better write this in my book quite a lot of times. And in this glorious book, we find not just crass kind of instruction, don't worry, but we find a guide, a manual, a, a, a set of truth that is intended to help us live life well and in God's plan. And it says in God's Word, and Philippians 4, don't worry. So let's read it together. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And this is Paul writing to a young Christian church in Philippi. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will God your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Don't be anxious about anything, but this is what you should do with that, that energy, that effort. Don't dwell on your worries. Don't dwell on your anxiety, but do something different. Bring every situation of your life to God in prayer with thanksgiving. And if you do that, says Paul, and the truth is in God's word here, the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which, which is completely overrides all human understanding, will notice guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't we need that peace? Don't we need that guarding of our hearts? That's how we do it. Not to be concerned with our everyday issues and worries, to be full of anxiety, but in every situation to bring our lives to God. In everything that we do, that's what God's Word said, in everything we do, bring every situation to Him. And if we do that, the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I was, uh, while I was on holiday, we were looking, uh, I was looking through um, Matthew 6, which is the Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' uh, longest messages that's recorded by the Gospel writer Matthew. And he even talks there about not worrying. He says, look at the birds and the, and the uh, flowers in the field. They don't do this, they don't do that, they don't worry about how to pay the bills, but God looks after them, your Heavenly Father looks after them. How much more is he going to care for you? It's so simple. Don't worry, but trust in God's goodness and grace. Bring every situation to him, and he will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the first point. Don't worry. Second point, stop trying to follow your own footsteps, because the answer doesn't lie within Stop trying to follow your own footsteps because the answer doesn't lie within. Have a look at, look at uh, another part of God's Word with me. Proverbs chapter 3. Again, it'll come up on the screen, I hope. And this is an Old Testament now, Old Testament reading. It's uh, the words of a very famous king called King Solomon who was uh, supernaturally gifted with godly wisdom. And he says this about his experience in the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If you're reading from a slightly different translation from the Bible in front of you, it was, might say um, he will guide your path. Actually, literally it means in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make a way. That's literally what it means. My sat-nav is the most amazing piece of kit, I think. I mean, I'm old enough to remember what it's like to drive without a sat-nav in the car. Remember those days of maps and a list of A-rows and first this and then this? The sat-nav's so easy. It makes life so easy now. You just put in the postcode or the address and off it goes. Off it goes. And if my sat-nav could have a conversation with me, other than the next junction, turn left... If my sat-nav could have a conversation, it would say, don't worry, I know the way. Follow me, follow my instructions, I know the way. You might think you know the way, but I know the best way. And even if I ignore what it says, decide to go left instead of right, or make a mistake or go off the track a little bit, it says, don't worry, 
You might think you know a better way, but this isn't the better way. Trust me, there is a better way. I'll guide you back on the right path. Do a U-turn if it's possible, it might say as well, which it sometimes does. Bit of a crazy illustration, but you get the point, I'm hoping. That's what God is like. You know, one of the, and trust me, when I was prepping, if you almost forget everything else I'm going to say, just, just remember this bit. Imagine how wonderfully releasing it is to know that somebody has got his hand on you and is guiding your life left and right. That's the joy of having a relationship with the Lord Almighty through Jesus Christ, right? That's the joy of having him living in you by his Holy Spirit. Because that's literally what God intended for us to, to, to how God intended for us to live to be led and guided by him. And sometimes we are so full of our own understanding, so full of our own intellect and ideas. And God says, trust me, you might think you know the way, but this is the best way. The, the solution doesn't lie within. It relies on a dependence on him. So just allow him to lead and guide your life as his word encourages us. Next one I want to go to is in Romans chapter 12. So again, come up on the screen. Uh, We're going to look at another famous verse. And this one, I would say, to, to help us in our mental health journey is don't conform. Don't conform. The... uh, Paul, again, writing to this young church in Rome, says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And part of the problem here is now, and I'm sure this is why we sometimes struggle with our mental health in in today's society, in today's culture, is there are a thousand opinions out there, probably a million opinions out there, millions of opinions out there. Everybody's got a point of view, haven't they? Everybody's got a voice now. And all that clutter, that noise, that, that sound presses in us and we struggle with our identity. And frankly, we are often being squeezed into the world's mold, to quote J.B. Phillips's famous translation of this chapter. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but allow the Spirit of God to transform your life from within. There is a pressure put on us to conform. And I'm sure at times that doesn't help our mental health, that we are being squeezed and driven to, a, to become a person, a man or a woman, that we were never created to be. And God says, don't conform. Don't let 
Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but set your pattern on the truth of God's world. We're back to this again. Set your pattern on the truth of God's world. Someone said this is a, a manual for life, the maker's instructions of how to live this life well. If you've got a gadget at home, you don't know how to use it, you'll open up the manual and read how to use it. And in one sense, if you don't know how to work your life out, pick this book up and read it because it's a guidebook for life. And the world would try and tell you something or advise you something that might be in contradiction to what is in this book, the truth in this book. Expose yourself to what's in this book. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And finally, let me just finish with this. If we go right back to um, the beginning of the Bible, the Genesis story, there's uh, a lovely poem there that uh, the writer just talks about creation, about how, it was, uh, how the world was created. You might be familiar with that, even if you're not very familiar with the Bible. And um, in that story, he, he basically says, you know, God did this on this day, and it was good. And God did this on this day, and it was good. And God did this on this day, and it was good. And it goes through that sort of a pattern of the, uh, of the poem, in one sense, the creative uh, story there. And we get to chapter 2 of Genesis, and we get, hopefully, this verse that will come up on the screen. The first time that God says, it's not good. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. This is uh, the story of Adam and Eve. God had created Adam and then said, it's not good for Adam to be on his own, so made a, a partner for him, Eve, it says. And right at the very center of the message of creation, the, right at the very start of God's word, is the thought about the the, the value of relationship. That something within you that's been created by God is reaching out and crying out for a relationship. Now, this is not necessarily talking about man and woman here. It's not necessarily talking about marriage here. But it is about a, a, a loving and supportive and caring relationship. Someone that you can walk with on this journey. And, and that ache and that longing inside of you for a relationship is something that's birthed in you by our Creator God. And if you're not fulfilling that, then you are always going to struggle in this world. And one of the things that you can do to improve your mental health is find somebody alongside you that you can love and care and support, and they can do the same for you. You were not intended to live this life alone. It's not good, says God's word, for man to be alone. It's not good. And, and, and if you don't know Jesus today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, trust me, the, the number one thing you can do to improve your mental health is enter into a loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust me, that will transform your life. It's probably the it's probably something you've, you've maybe thought about, heard about, talked about maybe, but you've never done it. So why are you here today? I don't believe in coincidence, right? You know, you're here today, you're hearing about this, maybe, some, maybe the Lord's just tugging on, tugging on your coat a little bit, just saying, look, I want relationship with you. 
I want you to enter into a relationship with me. And when Jesus died on the cross and put his arms out wide, he said, it's finished. And he said it's finished, not because it was all over, but one sense because it was just begun. The work was completed. The way to God was opened. And God in his love, we sung about it this morning, through Jesus Christ, is reaching out in love to you and, and is desiring a relationship with you. There is more to life than this. There is more to life than this. And you, in one sense, can start your life right here. You can start again right here. Jesus on the cross died for our sins to, to, to deal with the past, to deal with the guilt and the shame of the past, to deal with everything that's, that's tormenting us and tearing at us, so the things we've done and the things we've said and the, things that, the hearts that we've broken. And on the cross, Jesus dealt with all of that if you can enter in relationship with him. Where are you this morning on your journey? Are you willing to allow God to come and bring hope to you? Because that's been our desire for, for just starting, frankly, a conversation about this this morning. Are you willing to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and heal your broken heart? Because that's what he's willing to do.